This is 2PC. Normally that stands for Second Place Church, but it's going to stand for Second Podcast. You see what we did there. There's only so much time and yet so much to say on any given Sunday. So we wanted to do this podcast to not only give you an opportunity to dive deeper into what we want to talk about together, but to also hear the heart of what's behind it. So thanks for joining us and uh, I hope it's good. So this is the first attempt at this podcast. I thought like I was being clever and I wanted to call it 2PC2PC at first because it's like second place church, second podcast, and it stands for both of them, but Hmm. that's a stupid name. So we'll just call it 2PC for now. Um, So I'm sitting here in the warehouse and who I am, I'm John Baker. I'm the associate pastor at second place church and to my left is my esteemed colleague and friend Joshua uh, and I, uh, I I head up the music uh, here at Second Place Church and then to my right is the ever beautiful and mysterious Patrick Fredrickson uh-huh. and I do sound on Sundays and I also volunteer with our 2PC youth group and you are the minister of hugs Ooh, and that's actually my official title no. It's mustache minister. Must yes, mm. minister of mustachery and hugs. Mustachio. <laughs> oh, I like that. So also, we are also known as mugs. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> so if you couldn't tell, this is just like a super kind of casual just conversation because this came about from Joe and I talking. Um, Joe Desenzo, who's the lead pastor, about um, man, it can feel so restrictive. When no matter who's teaching on a Sunday, you know, we want to get you out on time to eat and we want to keep your attention in things. But there can be so much that you uncover in your own study and then the conversations that you have with people afterwards that can come from Mm -hmm. a message or just a Sunday Mm -hmm. experience and things like that, that we don't get to talk about. We just don't Mm -hmm. have the time. And so we thought, man, this would be cool if we could do this kind of thing. It's like almost like a after show type thing and um, unpack everything a little bit. More. Yeah, unpack it a little bit. Um, pick the mind of, you know, if it's possible to pick the mind of the speaker, but also have mm-hmm. kind of whoever we want on. So like Josh and Pat are here today, and maybe the next time we do this, it's me and Joe or Joe and someone else. You know, it's just um, yeah, want yeah. to be great. Kind of funny story how yeah. this how this happened, uh, how we finally came about uh, to do this podcast is Sunday, which uh, this past Sunday, John spoke a uh, really awesome message. Uh, Great message. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, we usually record, record uh, the service, get everything going, but it just so happened that when we all went out uh, uh, for lunch later, John opened up his, his laptop and for some reason, through some sort of crazy, you know, mix up, the uh, sound did not record. Yeah, that was my fault. That's okay. That's the only reason Pat's here is to apologize. Sorry about that, guys. It's a public apology. It was a really good message. I feel like dirt. Oh, no, don't. Don't feel like dirt. <laughs> we, came from, we, we came from dirt. Okay. Deep. And from dirt we shall return. Deep. But, yeah, so exactly. It, it didn't record. Um, and if I'm being selfish about it, I was sort of bummed because I was like, 
oh man, you know, I felt I felt like a lot of people it touched a lot of people. So you kind of mm-hmm. wish it, that you which could, it did. Yeah, you kind of wish that you could touch as many people as possible. However, good friend of ours, uh, Jordan Mitchell, shout out. He, um, I think he was wise about it and was like, dude, you know what? Don't worry about it. The people who need to hear it heard it, and that's how God works. And so, um, that being said, I still want to give a quick summary so that we have some kind of. Uh, groundwork yeah, yeah some kind of a context of what we're talking about and um we're in the sort of the middle of this series called um new kid on the block and it's about jesus's life and the new kid on the block title comes from right now we're talking about the early part of jesus's life Ooh, i'm going to take this opportunity to quick say if you hear trucks and background noise it's because <laughs> we have church in a warehouse and we have the garage door open because it's a Gorgeous. Uh, yeah. It's, oh. it's almost gross how nice it is. We're just looking <laughs> out into the, as the sun is setting. Oh, yes. It's, it's Jesus time. It's yes. Jesus time. And so, uh, so if you hear background noise, that's what's happening. And it's really, really mm-hmm. pretty out. Totally. I thought the same thing right when you said that. I was like, they got to know. There's that truck. There's the, <laughs> there's the so much. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember where it was. Um, Summary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had some context. And Jordan Mitchell. Yeah. What we talked about, oh, yeah, New Kid on the Block. Uh, It's Jesus' early life. And so I sort of took it from, like, Jesus' pre-life of it's before he's even born. There's all kinds of proclamations being made in Scripture. And all throughout Scripture, there's all kinds of proclamations, whether it's proclaiming um, God's love and his uh, beauty in the Psalms or whether it's like prophets proclaiming things and sort of the, you know, the little start off point was proclaiming something is it's, it's heavier. It has more uh, weight to it than if you just claim something because claiming something, anybody can claim any, you know, I'm the best person in the world. That's mm-hmm. a claim. We claimed the moon. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that moon's not ours. It's not ours for sure. <laughs> and, uh, but we claim things all the time. To proclaim something is to have some authority, some action, some... Uh, and it actually... Some meaning. Yeah, some meaning behind it. And so there's all kinds of proclamations in Scripture, and then specifically about who Jesus is. And the biggest one that we focused on was you will call that he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so we really discussed that God is with us, and he's not working against you. He's not angry at you waiting to mess up. In fact, when we do mess up, um, his word says that he divides that sin from us and that like death from us as far as the east is from the west. And when we don't feel like we're capable or we we feel too ashamed or guilty about stuff that we've done that we don't want to um, move forward with something... um, all right, there's a little jump edit there because there was a very loud truck, and he just wailed his horn, so he might have hit somebody. I hope so. But yeah, I was just saying that, uh, you know, there's things that we're ashamed of or experiences that we've had or relationships that we've been burnt by. We can It convinces us that we're either not good enough or we're too damaged or we're too exhausted to be doing the work that Jesus asks us to do. And really, that's what's meant by the whole, um, when Jesus says come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will bring you rest. And, um, I, I launched into the, uh, story. I'm just trying to keep the summary as brief as possible as possible. Um, I launched into the prodigal son story. Um, because if you, if you're not familiar with it, the prodigal son is a parable that Jesus tells where, uh, there's a father that divides his inheritance amongst his two sons. The younger son takes it. He's a punk and he goes and spends it on whatever he wants. 
Um, and then he finds himself in such a low place mm-hmm. that he goes back expecting to have to beg for forgiveness or even his life from his father that he stole his inheritance from. And his father instead runs to meet him on the road and embraces him in love and his, and his love overwhelms anything that the son feels about himself. And we all love that story and we all attach ourselves to that. And there's a lot of us and a lot of you out there that you need to hear that and you need to hear that God is going to run to embrace you no matter what you've done. But also there's a kind of like, there's a, there's a postscript. Yeah. There's yeah. like a postscript ending to that story. That's almost just more important or just as important about the older son. Because if you remember, there's two sons that he divided the inheritance with, and the older son was livid when the younger brother came back because he was going, what are you doing? I've worked my tail off this whole time, and now you're celebrating this guy who just betrayed us. And his father says to him, and this is sort of like one of the big points, was um, this has been available to you the whole time. And I think that so many of us at second place, and just I know me and friends, um, we're that older brother. We get stuck in that mindset Mm -hmm. of what about me? What could I possibly do? And we have all these reasons for that. We couldn't do it. And God is saying my power, my grace, my mercy, my, my goodness, it's available to you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's not a name it, claim it thing. I think it's summarized better in the actual message, but, um, just trying to give you a brief flyover. And to backtrack real quick, something that you mentioned in your message that, I think is super important is that the father ran out to meet the Mm. son, which means that he was looking for him. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that dad had stuff to do. Let's be honest. Like (laughs) he's got a farm. He's got people he's in, in command over, like he's got stuff to do, but that means probably every day he was searching for his son. And it wasn't just like luck at the draw. Oh, I picked today. And look at that. There's my son. He was mm-hmm. probably looking every mm-hmm. single day, mm-hmm. which is what God is doing every single day. Right. And uh, one thing I got out as well as I thought it was very interesting uh, hearing the prodigal son, you know, of like even growing up, it's like I never really related to the younger son. And yet you forget about the older son. And yet the older son hits me a little harder. Mm-hmm. It hits me a little bit more, uh, like personally. And I think that's some, definitely something to think about because you forget about him. You yeah. Know? There's a biblical commentary cause I'm cool like that and read those. Uh, and there was, uh, the guy asked the question at the end of the prodigal son, the question you should be asking yourself is which son is lost at the end of the story. Mm. And the answer is the older one. The older one. Mm. Yeah. And then, and then that, uh, stepped into sort of what the other word that we really wanted to imbibe um, from the message. And so the first one was like proclaiming. And mm-hmm. so when we proclaim Christ over ourselves and over these things that hold us down, he, he takes those from us and we're able to do his work. But then his work, what his work is when we talk about, oh, I want to live for Jesus. Well, what is that? What does that mean? Well, it's, it's reclaiming your life, mm-hmm. reclaiming your relationships, reclaiming the lives around you, reclaiming the planet that we live on for the goodness of God. And, um, that's like really what the entire story of scripture is about is God Mm -hmm. reclaiming us to himself away from sin and death. Um, and it's not about, you know, an angry God 
trying to figure out a way to smite us. It's a loving God that's doing most of the work for us Mm. to reclaim us back from ourselves. That's kind of abstract, but uh, where it like really comes down to is if you look at the things that second place tries to do, like reclaim 13, we really, um, you know, that is a organization that works with human trafficking. And, and what I said was, you know, the world has claimed this little girl to be, this is a sex object that can be sold. And we're reclaiming her to say, mm-hmm. no, this is, this is a person made in the image of God and she's beautiful and she's infinitely more than what you want her to be. And so we'll, we're taking her back. We're reclaiming her from you. So yeah, the, the sort of charge of it was meant to be to go and reclaim Right. Uh, this right. And stuff. earlier in the uh, in last week when uh, I met with John and we were talking through different songs and uh, talking over the message, he mentioned and we actually watched, uh, you know, to play off what was just said, a clip from <laughs> The Office where Michael comes out of the, uh, the kitchen area and he's like, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> And then later Oscar's like, you know, just because you say who's that. Who's the finance guy. Yeah, who's the finance guy. So just because you, you know, say you're bankrupt, does it, like, not, that doesn't mean anything. He's like, I didn't say it. I declared it. But yet <laughs> how many Christians, and me included, are like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. Or, oh, you know, yeah, I go to church. But yet our actions, we're not reclaiming the things that God called us to reclaim. And we're not proclaiming him like He's God called us you know, and that's just like, I just want to challenge every single person listening, you know, think about that. Uh, are there things that you're not reclaiming? Are there things that you're not proclaiming that maybe God called you to and that, you know, uh, maybe you're trying to like, you know, brush under the rug or, or ignore, uh, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's a tough question even for me, you know? And like, you can reclaim things about yourself and, it just so happened that the week before John's message, we recorded uh, these video testimonies of a lot of the youth group talking about the winter retreat. Oh, yeah. And without knowing what his message was going to be on, I shared a little bit about how I struggle with knowing how much I'm worth or thinking that I'm worth less than I actually am. Mm-hmm. And one of our students during the winter retreat took time in our big group and shared how much I mean to him and to all of the youth group and it really ministered to me and I I really think that's a cool that we shared that even though I didn't know what John was talking about right so like reclaim yourself like reclaim how much you're worth yeah and things things that were said about you that hold weight Mm -hmm. you know and one of the, if I could jump on that, that that makes me so happy that that like connects like that because on the winter retreat, um, both Pat and I are coaches uh, in the youth group. I told the students on Friday night when we got there, and and I find that working with the students it can act as this sort of like microcosm, you know, yeah, this little this little insight, and I think how we all think and learn petri dish. P- Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Petri did. And uh, so I told the students, like, uh, one of the things that we talked about is, is uh, you don't, you know, to, to basically be reclaiming these things and be celebrating each other is to do what God, like, what means most to him sometimes. Because 
part of I guess I guess part of where my thought thread is going is I think I mentioned this to Josh last week. There's this. It's interesting to me that when you know we read scripture, or you come, or if you you know you come to church and you and you hear scripture read and it's like you know don't steal and we're like okay I won't steal you know and it's like don't kill people and we're like all right you know but those are like the things that are saying you know don't do this but then the things where it's like do do this and so one of those things is confess your sins to one another or sharpen each other or hold each other up hey mm. tell someone when they are like meaning something to you mm. and it's just as clear as a directive as don't steal something it's mm. just as clear it's not a suggestion it's god saying you want an enriched life you want to reclaim your life then mm. man use the love and the people around you and i think that's one of the most efficient ways that he oh yeah we experience that it's so true and it's and it's so important to be like teachable and open to the Holy Spirit throughout your day Mm. because there's so many times where maybe like a thought or a feeling like hey I should let that person know how it affected you know like how their presence maybe affected somebody positively or affected me positively or even constructively let them know hey you might not have realized that certain things came across this way and being open to that because people can't read minds and how many of us in even just like relationships of our own might have been doing something for a really long time and yet not realize that it was affecting somebody negatively right you know and how much and and it's like if we're open to receiving feedback and giving feedback you know through love and through the holy spirit it's like dude the holy spirit is going to be blowing and enriching everyone's life and it's just like that's something that I've been really kind of convicted with recently encouraging other people whenever I feel led to because a lot of times I'll just keep it in but yet you don't know what they're going through and you don't know how that may, you know, give them faith and and encourage them in their day um where it wouldn't have before. I don't know if that makes sense. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me too. Something in my personal life um you know, I'm not going to launch into my whole like story or something, but you know, uh, when I got to <laughs> good, <laughs> you good. when I got to college, I, uh, I really wanted to walk away from the church and I was just like, God is just kind of a nice thing that I can just have in my back pocket. Ooh, that's an awful sound. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and, uh, I, I really tried like walking away from the church and walking away from my relationship with God, but obviously through lots of things he brought me back and I have this passion then that I think has come from that and as well I mentioned on Sunday I have a uh, my dad is a reformed church pastor and so I have that background with me I don't know if I kind of don't call myself reformed because it's just it's not so much like oh I I don't claim that it's just I don't think a fully reformed person if they talk to me about theological things, I don't. I think they'd be like, eh, "You're not reformed." I went, I went to a reformed college, and I would not call you a reformed. Which <laughs> thumbs up, <laughs> Pat Fredrickson. <laughs> but um, I, no, I think that there's there's so much good in in the reformed theology and things. And one of those things is is reclamation. That reformed, that's like their thing. One of the things that like has bothered me personally is I, I get it, but I, I don't I don't like it that when we don't so I'm getting a haircut 
and I work at a church. And so it's inevitable that it's going to come up because what is it? What is a person giving you a haircut? Always, you know, what do you do for work? You know, and it's like, that's a go-to question. They teach that in barber school. (laughs) They actually do teach that in barber school. That's day two. But like, um, (laughs) they, they always ask that. And I used to be like, oh gosh, here we go. You know, like, well, I work at a church, you know, and you kind of like let that land and see where it goes. Mm. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm like, hold on a minute. Let's go ahead and reclaim that. Because if I look at why that is, eh, oh man, uncomfortable. I have to tell someone I'm a Christian. It's because of really stupid people. Right. Mm. So yeah, the, it's one of these things where like Westboro Baptist church, who's picketing outside of soldiers funerals with awful, awful evil things on their signs saying it's of God. The rest of the world goes, oh my gosh, look at these nutso Christians. And so I don't want to be associated with that. And so I'm like, oh man, I got to tell. But it's like, wait a minute. No, if we're living by what Jesus, of of what I know is true, then I have to reclaim that. I have to reclaim Mm -hmm. Christian. No, I am a Christian. And in fact, I hope, it's my hope that how I live and speak and love people that it's like, I want to, I want to, if you don't like Christians or you think you don't, or you don't like the Mm -hmm. idea of Christianity, I want to really throw a wrench in the way that you perceive mm. that because I want you to know me first yeah. and you'll be like, Oh, I'm, I hope, you know, I like this person. Right. And then it's like, guess what? I'm a Christian. And that totally destroys what you thought. Dude, a Christian that's was. so true. Cause even while you were saying that I was thinking like, has anyone met somebody that completely ruins a name for you? Like I've met a terrible Kevin and like, I never look at any Kevins the same oh, yeah. because it's just like, mm, Kevin. And let's be real. There are so many terrible Joshua's. You all know them. They're all tools. You're my only Joshua that I like. Dude. So wait, wait if someone's named Joshua that's listed they're going to be pretty upset about that. <laughs> so cut it out. <laughs> so let's think about that because... I mean, I think we all can relate to that in our lives, you know? Maybe you've met somebody or had, like, an ex-person and, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever uh, that has maybe tainted a name for you. And, but how much responsibility do we have to, like, Jesus to, like, Mm -hmm. make his name famous? In a good way. In a good way. Mm -hmm. And not in some freak way where it's like, oh, you're, like... You like love Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so funny. Like a lot of times, you know, whenever I might say, you know, oh, I work at a church, or um, you know, I'm a Christian, or and even then, it's like I don't usually say, oh, I'm a Christian. Like a lot of times, I'm just like I'm in love with Jesus, mm. and it hits people a slightly different way. And it's like, well, you're you're an upstanding guy or whatever, but it's like it changes their idea, like you were saying, the word association, mm-hmm. which is a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a, a, an example of that, in an, that I, you know, another thing I sort of like cut out was um, Tim Keller is this really, really good uh, pastor, speaker, um, and I listened to his sermons, and uh, he was describing this, and he talked about um, Martin Luther King Jr., and he was like, if you look at what he was facing in this institutionalized racist South, well, the KKK, they, you know, their liturgies in their meetings, it's, it's Lutheran. It's Lutheran liturgy. They, they sort of stole that mm. from 
um, sort of what Christianity is supposed to be. You know, the reason they burn crosses is they say, well, Jesus is the light of the world. So I'm doing God's work and I'm showing you I'm doing God's work by showing you that Jesus is the light of the world. It's just like, Hmm. so it's so twisted. And what Tim Keller points out is Martin Luther King didn't see that and go, this is disgusting. I don't want to be associated with that God. I don't want to be associated with Christianity. I'm out. And I think that's what a lot of us do, especially our generation. Instead, what he points out Martin Luther King did is the bolder, more creative, um, more God-fearing thing of saying, no, I, this is Christianity. I will mm. show you what Christianity is. Wow. You know, God is not the bringer of fear and demonizing of other people. It's he's a, he's a God of life and peace and justice. Wow. And that's... So he reclaimed that name. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know about you, but off the top of my head, I don't know one name of a prominent KKK member, but we have a holiday for Martin Luther King Jr. So there's something mm-hmm. inherently contagious and beautiful about when someone does it. Totally. Dude, so true. So good. And, John, you had a really awesome uh, uh, kind of analogy uh, that we talked about earlier in the week, but you also you brought up on Sunday about... Uh, about a father and a son walking down a street. You want to, want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I had misattributed it to C.S. Lewis at first, but I found out it was C.S. Lewis actually quoting this Puritan minister, which, dang it, I, should, I totally should have looked that Plagiarism. up. <laughs> Sorry, Puritan man. Don't sue me. But uh, there's this... Because uh, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> there's, yeah, definitely limitations on that. But he uh, he gives this image where he's like, look, you have a father and a son, and they're walking down the street. And in one image of that, you have, you know, the same father and son. They're walking down a sidewalk, and, um, you know, they're going to get pizza. You said ice cream on Sunday. Well, this time it's pizza, Patrick. Okay. Choose your favorite, <laughs> and that's what it is. <laughs> they're going to get pizza. Pepperoni pizza. They're walking down the sidewalk to get there. And it's not, it's not like they're mad at each other. It's just, you know, they're just like, you know, maybe looking around or looking at their phone and walking there. Then you have a second image. Same father and son, same sidewalk, walking to the same destination. But this time, the little boy, you know, reaches up, tugs on his dad's coat. His dad responds by picking him up. The boy responds by cuddling and kind of kissing his dad on the cheek, you know, like, Daddy, I love you, or whatever. Mm. Cuteness ensues. They walk to get their pizza. Right, and they walk to get their pizza. Mm -hmm. And the point was, as he goes, was in that first image where they're just walking, is the little boy any less of a son? No, of course not. He's still his father's son. His father loves him. But the only difference between those two images, and those are two very different images, but the only the only thing that turns one into the other image is engaging the relationship, mm-hmm. is opening yourself up mm-hmm. to the love and the possibility of love. And that's mm-hmm. the only thing that changed that between those radically different images is a little boy, you know, Right. The prodigal son, this is always available mm-hmm. to you. And the little boy takes advantage of that. And yeah. Jesus says, I just thought of this now, you know, Jesus says, you know, like, have the faith like a child, you know, that we just cling to right. Jesus and, and it, you a, don't want anything out of it. You just, you know, a little kid, right. they nuzzle you and they want to cuddle mm-hmm. because it feels good. Right. And, and it's, and it's exactly like the end of the prodigal son of the dad turning to the older son and saying, this was always available to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was never taken advantage of. And it's like, I never want that to be true of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The second story is so much more desirable and 
good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I doubt that Puritan was walking down the street to get pizza in that analogy. It's probably like a glass of milk. It was probably like oatmeal, <laughs> like Quaker oatmeal. Yeah. Was, I don't was, think, like was he a Puritan? No, the Quakers are Quakers. Puritans <laughs> are Puritans. I want it to be oatmeal, though. Whatever. It's a good thing they didn't make a Some Puritan porridge. cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Puritan oats. Oh. <laughs> Puritan barley. <laughs> I think they're going to get burritos. You know, burritos were only invented in like the eighties. Really? What? Yeah. No. Yeah. My perception of space and time. Maybe seventies, like late seventies. But it's a new. It's a Dude, new God thing. God bless it, man. I mean, burritos are like so important to me. Yeah. I feel like what we have the honor of doing, since this is the first time we're trying this, and thank you so much for listening. I, I'll try to edit this down to be. I don't know if I'll do much editing. I kind of like that. It's just like kind of off the cuff and mm-hmm. just casual and stuff. Maybe some of you will end up. Well, I would love it if we could invite more people onto this and like just. Maybe have you'll edit it and make us say things we really didn't say. <laughs> yeah, that's what of, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> right. So it's like my name is Josh and I'm stupid. It's yeah. Like, oh it's man. Like, we're going to be singing like "Don't Stop Believing." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Don't stop believing. I don't tell. <laughs> That'd be for, good. For the, for the case of not editing, I just want to go back and say that there are multiple Joshes that I do like, but there mm-hmm. are a few Joshes <laughs> right. that I don't like. Right. And there's certain Kevins Disclaimer. that I do love. And like Kevin Erickson, if you're listening to this, I love you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you're my favorite Kevin. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have the honor, though, of should we like do something to close the podcast out? Like try to do something like kind of fun every time? Ooh, like a saying or like a little, uh, like a jingle that everyone can participate in. A <laughs> munch. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Ooh, what if we, oh, here's what, a, what if we, what if it's like Sunday morning, we, we, out of, out of our podcast, the conversation, we figure out like a phrase or a word that we just whisper together. Or is that really weird? Ooh, oh, yeah, oh, I, I like that. that. Burritos. Burritos, guys. Put All right. Hands in. Well, we should explain that quick. Okay. So you, know, you oh, yeah. explain it. It's your so, thing. so it just so happens every Sunday uh, we have like a uh, we call it the pre-show fist fight uh, in the office before uh, first service, where we just kind of talk through um, the service and how the order of everything and like different cues and. A lot of the volunteer heads all meet together with the band and and Joe and whoever else is speaking. And I mean, we're always really silly. And usually, there's some sort of phrase or like abstract uh, thought that gets said. <laughs> and at the end of the meeting, the way we conclude is, you know, everyone that's in there they have they have to participate. We all put our hands in, you know, like we're like we're a team because we are. And on the count of three, we have to whisper the phrase that we all agreed on. And so that's how we are actually going to, uh, we're going to try ending all our podcasts that way. Because yeah. it's, it's something that has gone, you know, has grown very, very, very near and dear, near and dear to my, my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're driving right now, you don't have to put your hand in. Because mm-hmm. that's just Pret- that's Pretend that's you're putting your hand like on the steering wheel. <laughs> Yeah. Well, don't pretend. Actually, put your hand on the steering wheel. <laughs> well, you should if, if you're driving, please. Yeah. yeah, definitely do that. But we're gonna we we talked. We mentioned burritos a couple times. Yeah. So we're gonna and do that. Burritos are good. So we're gonna hands in. Hands in. Here we go. Burritos are good. Or yeah. just burritos. I like burritos are good. All right. I like that burritos are good. Okay. On the count of three. And you, you have, have to whisper. whisper. Yep. If you don't, if you don't whisper, it doesn't count. And you're not in the club. Mm-mm. All, right. All right. One, two, three. Burritos. burritos are good.